I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dynasty as they want to be a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host, Kyler K. Jafari. Always and forever. Oh, I hope so. <sighs> Shit is getting real, y'all. I know. We've had to adjust to a new reality, right? A new knowledge of reality, but it's kind of the same in the end. I don't know about that. It kind of hit me today <laughs> because <laughs> tonight you came into the living room wearing your robe, carrying two snifters full of uh, brandy or whatever. Calvados. Yeah. What's Calvados? Fancy brandy. Yeah. Brandy. And I was like, ooh, what's this? And you were like, oh, it's just a you know after dinner drink. And I looked at the clock and it was 5.56. <laughs> I'm like, well, we had dinner at 547, <laughs> so it's after dinner. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the way life is going now. I I know it's very serious and we shouldn't make light of it and we're um our thoughts are with everybody out there cuz I know the situations are different with everybody, but we're just all trying to get through it. Well, I just, you know, was settling into luxury lockdown. Uh, but after about mm, day one and a half of that, it kind of becomes a sort of like babu minimum security prison environment. And then like you just kind of realize, no, this is really terrible. And I, I can't do this for much longer. I mean, and arguably we've got nothing to complain about. So I can't even imagine. And I do just want to say, if you can hear it, I apologize, but it's very windy here. There's nothing we can do about that. You know, we can turn the ice maker off. We can turn the grandfather clock to silent, but mother nature is going to do whatever the fuck she wants to do. We had chili for dinner. So yeah. So there might be farting in this episode. Is that what you're saying? It was a cheap joke on wind, Uh, you know, Jokes do cease to be funny when they are explained. Well, the saving grace in all of this is Dynasty is truly an escape. And I don't know if it's like the corona of it all, but like I'm feeling very hyperbolic enough to say, I think this episode, The Siblings, 
might be the best episode of Dynasty I've ever seen. Uh, it's a pretty banging episode as far as I mean, you know, and like this this show's clearly peaking. It's you can peaking. tell like I'm at all the of the top. things that we keep talking about have all funneled into the last like few episodes of deliciousness. You're not wrong. All uh, the show cili- is giving you everything that we've always loved about it. All the cylinders are firing. Everybody is doing everything. I mean, if I get COVID-19 tomorrow, I think I think I'm good after seeing this episode. Hi, Derek here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but I wanted to let you know you should be listening to Dynasty as they want to be on Stitcher. It's a free podcast app for Apple and Android, home to over 260,000 podcasts. Stitcher also offers the Stitcher Premium subscription service featuring ad-free listening and exclusive bonus episodes for $4.99 a month or only $34.99 a year. There's all kinds of bonus content from some of my fave podcasts like Bitch Sesh, homophilia and throwing shade if you want your first month of stitcher premium for free and to support dynasty as they want to be head to stitcher.com slash premium and sign up using our promo code dynasty that's stitcher.com slash premium promo code d-y-n-a-s-t-y trust me darling a subscription will pair deliciously with that bottle of 1959 dom perignon you have in your cellar Welcome back. Well, right off the top, we got a new character, and I can't fucking believe it. I've always wanted to meet her. I didn't know that she was going to be appearing this soon. But ladies and gentlemen, we have Alexis Carrington's penthouse. Yeah, I like to sort of contrast and compare this to La Mirada. You know, obviously, like, the show's finally, like, gotten some ratings going on and therefore some budget. So we have La Mirada, which we've already seen, and now we get to see, you know, Alexis Carrington's penthouse apartment. Well, and what I like about seeing this set is that it's a clear upgrade you know she had that cute little studio which was stylish and chic not taking anything away from it oh no alexis is stepping out at this point oh this is up in the world literally on the top of whatever imaginary building i mean i'm I'm imagining it's about as good as it gets for denver colorado i'm sure something like this didn't even actually exist in denver colorado i mean she said they have room surface there yeah this is like sort of like having a doorman and uh so essentially living in new york on the upper east side yeah or for sure know. this is some sort of like a new york or westwood beverly hills fantasy that's been <laughs> transplanted onto denver but it doesn't matter because it's all still part of their sort of uh mm, propaganda to make denver colorado this wild glamorous exciting place to be <laughs> what do you think of it mother it is sumptuous just a little bigger than my room in montana by about thousand square feet. <laughs> well, of course, there's room service here. In fact, anything you want, whenever you want. What I'm a little confused about, though, is this was Cecil's property, right? But clearly she's, like, decorated it because it's Alexis Carrington Colby through and well, through. Well, if we know anything about Cecil from his, uh, you know, once-in-future office 
at Colby Co. Yeah, he's not really into the pastels and over-upholstered living room furniture. Yeah, we're not going to have lucite doorknobs and wav upholstery from Cecil Colby. Yeah. So maybe she just like swiftly, as soon as the will cleared, well, she came in and redid well, it. You have, you know, Alexis Carrington bucks. Especially when you've just been slumming it in the artist studio for the last couple of years. Yeah, that's true. You do like a quick work order to have the renovators come yeah, in. You got to turn that shit shape. around. <laughs> but I, I am excited to see her penthouse. It's kind of one of the most exciting like sets on the entire show, as far as like the whole show goes for me. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who hasn't watched every episode of Dynasty, even I like kind of knew about it. Like I knew there was this super 80s penthouse. Well, and that she's also like a wicked witch. And now you get to see like what her true lair would look like. It's not just some, you know, pussyfooting white brick painted little cottage on the outskirts of the Carrington mansion. It's, yeah, it's well, actually, and this is a physical manifestation of her coming into power. It's sliding glass doors. It's vertical blinds. It's mauve. It's it's direct elevator door access. It's, and levels. There's a staircase inside levels. of that bitch. It's, it's, it's oversized ginger jars, probably just purchased from the Bloomingdale's home deck department. But yeah, I mean, this rise to power has come pretty quick. I mean, I don't even know if Cecil's body is cold yet. This is why I'm saying that that Alexis is stepping out. Like, she's like, screw all y'all. I got my marriage and my Colby Co. stock and I'm on the board of directors and now it's time to, like, show everybody who's in charge and and she's going to turn the beat around, you know. And And as you kind of alluded to last week, she made quick work of getting an alliance going with Adam, you know, the baby. Yeah, which I realized you were a little bit suspicious of, naturally, as you should have been. I, I mean, you know, obviously, I'm guilty of having watched the show at least once before. But, yes, uh, she's, you know, trying to win over some kind of ally in her uh, game of chess with Blake Carrington. Well, and she does her due diligence. She goes to Jensen's, that fabulous jeweler Jensen's, and she figures out rather conveniently i might add that the baby rattle was not produced a year after adam's birth so it it has to be real it's not like it's a fake but none of that shit is good enough for blake and or crystal because they spend like half the episode traipsing around montana and denver trying to ascertain whether it's it's all just part of how like it's it's an inconvenient truth for blake Crystal's really never got much agency, so she can only do so much, a.k.a. brush aside some weeds on a (laughs) headstone, which I'm like, yeah, okay, so we drove all the way out to the graveyard or something, and Blake couldn't figure out this on his own, but... I know, and I was confused because I thought they were already in Montana because why would Michael Torrance's body be in Denver and his parents, but I guess this crazy, wicked grandmother who, who... baby napped him this was all part of her plot or something to steal the baby and create a new reality for Michael yeah I, this is I know, it's like sort of like operatic plot making where none of it really makes sense but it all just sort of feels right in the end so just 
go with it. Well, and I like that that like old timey doctor from Billings, Montana kind of gave Blake the it, it what was, for. Well, and, and it was nice to get one more moment with him. You know, here he oh, is. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't think we was going to be going back to Montana. And then Blake and Crystal get on the PJ, which has had also a, a little bit, a of, little a bit of a upgrade. Yeah. It's not a full remodel, but, you know, it's uh, got new wallpaper and upholstery. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a, a touch little, up. Little paint and carpet redo. And I think the F&B on board has been upgraded because they're eating like what? Like a full on fucking lobster. And yeah, it's like some crystal. kind of like lobster crab Louie. I don't know. It's, this is all just more nods to glamorous ideas of how to eat. Well, Denver character must be doing well because they have the crab Louie on the plane this episode with champagne natch. And then they had their first, I think, appearance on camera, at We're least, of caviar. We're remiss for not mentioning the first appearance of caviar I know, on the there prior was episode. caviar last week. How do, what's the best thing to eat at a wake? Well, that's caviar. the best part of all of it. Like, they were eating caviar at a funeral wake. That's what a, Cecil would have wanted. And, and that's all fine, but, like, try uh, explaining that to your average Reagan voter in 1981. Like, I, I'm not sure that they would have understood or even caught that. Okay, caviar, I mean, it's black, so, or at least the good ones are. So, I guess that's sort of funerary in a way. Yeah. Well, they were feeding it to the lawyer, but. And, you know, when you're at a wake, you're just, you just want to be comforted so bring on the caviar and champagne <laughs> all that traipsing around and looking at grave sites and uh, interrogating old-timey doctors finally makes blake and crystal realize that you know michael aka adam isn't fucking around he's really the carrington and the baby rattle too because alexis kind of convinces blake of it and finally I think for the first time ever in the history of this series, Blake admits that he's wrong and that Adam Carrington really is his son. Well, maybe you could slice it up in such a way that this is the first time he just acknowledges it as a clean, I was wrong. But I mean, Blake's very good at just sort of assuming the wrong thing or asserting the wrong thing or just just getting plain pissed off and then having to apologize for it later. But yeah, so maybe this this might be like you know one moment where he just flat out acknowledges how wrong he was. But. Well, I like that this seems like it's going to bite him in the ass because, you know, he realizes that this is the reality, that it's true, that all po- signs point to the fact that Michael Torrance is Adam Carrington and his son, and he invites him to Denver Carrington and, you know, offers him a job starting at the bottom and... I just love the fact that Adam slaps him in the face and says, no, I've already been offered a job at Colby Co. at the top. I'm not, I thanks, but no thanks. It's, sorry, it's but not sorry. It's such a cheesy moment. I like, and I guess it's just played for drama because obviously even between these two characters, it would not have been said that way, but it's like, well, you know, I've accepted a job for somebody else that you may have heard of. Colby Co. Like, it's like, come on. Like, you'd only say it that way for, like, dramatic effect. But, well, the, w- that's the fine. way that Gordon Thompson delivers all of his lines is very much for dramatic effect. He speaks not robotically, but there's like a stilted way that he talks where he really punctuates the drama of the line delivery and what he's saying. Yeah, I'd, I would totally agree with that. And I would just augment it by saying, I, th- I think. Instead of being wooden, it 
which you would be forgiven for thinking that he is a wooden actor yeah, like in at this first, bit. Gl- first glance. But yes, once it kind of soaks in, it actually kind of comes across more to the point of the character, which is that he's clearly a little bit sociopathic. Mm-hmm. And I think that acting style really kind of informs that perception, uh, uh, even for the audience, that he really is just, he's, there's so much more going on. Yeah. In his brain. Yeah. And I didn't realize that at first, but I kind of get it now. Like he's, he's not a dumb dumb and he's not acting purely on emotions. Like he's methodical and maybe that is going to be Which is why he's such a good ally for Alexis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also why he's so good at flirting with his fucking sister and making her panties all wet. You know what I want right now? I mean, very badly. You. You don't know anything about me. Not even my name. You'll tell me later, very softly. And whatever it is, I'll say, that's beautiful. Oh, that's a beautiful name. Just like you are. Exciting. Beautiful. Well, like even like Jeff Colby, you know, saunters into once in former uh, office of Cecil Colby, his uncle and uh, meets Adam for the first time and says, oh, I see a lot of your mother in you. But of course, Jeff is being typical himbo, bright and sunny, not not really getting what's going on. Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like three steps behind right. Adam in but that even, conversation. Even in that like moment of unknowingness, he says like you are, you know, you are like your mother. I, I get this. So I don't, it's, it's interesting like how like Jeff and Adam are sort of like put against each other in this one little moment. Yeah. And it just typifies the fact that Jeff is dumb. He's yeah. so, he's so stupid. Well, he's not dumb cause he's dumb. He's just dumb. Cause he's, he's playing like the old fashioned sort of do the right thing and ethics and morals. And Adam is very much like this sort of other, other side of the rainbow in the eighties where it's everybody for himself. And well, but he also goes to La Mirada and tries to win over Fallon. And I know I already spent the last episode bitching about well, him. That, for that's like obviously where minutes, this, this but... episode gets mo- more interesting or the most interesting because like we're not really here for Jeff and Adam Adam having a moment in Cecil's office it's really it's really more about you know the the idea of implied incest with with between Adam oh yeah it's all about incest (laughs) new for fall incest well not it's 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 recycled from last season because you know we already had the moment with Fallon and Cecil Colby yeah they take it to more icky levels in this episode and I'm just like what were people in 82 thinking? It's so know. Yeah, weird. we were talking about this even in that moment. And I, I don't know if it was just, obviously it's always been taboo, but maybe it's was more like sensationalizable, if that's even a word. Well, when they went on their time, little... Now it's just like, clearly nobody wants to touch that. It's a lightning rod. Well, except like, on Pornhub. It's hub. not even entertaining. Yeah. I mean, when they have that little like date on the, the lake or whatever, and they kiss after, Afterwards, and it, I would get it if they were just like pecking. Like I've said, Luke and Leia in Star Wars before we knew that Ooh, they yeah, were that's twins. That's like disinfect the toilet seat kissing. Like that was like, and then that's I part think, of why, like, I, I think, think a tongue went slipped I in. I think Fallon, like, she really like freaks out. And Pamela Sumar Martin is like displaying all of that. Well, and it does say wah, wah. a lot about Adam, I think, his reaction to the news <laughs> where he pivots pretty quickly. And uh, he's like, he was like even hotter for her. After 
after. <laughs> no, I don't think that <laughs> I, was what my read was. Oh, that was totally my read. He was like, oh, you're my sister. Okay, well, this goes back to Pornhub. Maybe guys are just like really into that. Well, I don't know. Maybe Pornhub's kind of taken offline this sort of incest that was a little bit more casual back then on a show like this. <laughs> casual now, incest? What's now the it's difference? Like, if you want to make it like, do you want to really take it offline? Then oh, go to Pornhub and really explore that i don't know i'm just i like clearly the taboo was not as severe because otherwise they wouldn't even be it's painting gotta this be this relationship is, the way a, that it was this is binary this is black and white there are no shades of gray they're not stepbrother and stepsister they are biologically related they have the same father and the same mother unless something changes later on in the next eight seasons well or you know this could just be part more of how i don't know experimental this show was because you know obviously the the gay steven character was sort of like was the hot button of the first season and a half maybe it's just that easy to treat you know the brother and sister thing here as like oh that's a tantalizing idea i mean you know i mean it's definitely a pendulum swinging in one direction because it's like okay you don't want us to explore homosexuality on the show well we'll explore brother sister incest <laughs> but speaking of steven he does get name dropped quite a few times in this episode which i thought they were just going to completely sort of brush over that character since al corley is no longer on the show but i yeah, guess adam I mean, carrington's standing steven's, for steven yeah steven's like uh, on a holding pattern right now i mean i guess her I don't know the writers, the producers, somebody was trying to figure out what we're going to do with that guy. But, yeah, well, they're they're um, clearly like giving all of the attention and to I don't Adam, remember if like it was official it. that Al Corley had left left or if there oh, was yeah, still yeah, yeah. some no, stuff no, no. going you on. You can read the scenes, like but. TV guide stories and people stories. I'm not even like fucking around that they're like Okay, Pamela Sue Martin. I need I need that TV guide from 1982. Jane, uh, yeah. John James are the new stars of Dynasty because Claudia Blaisdell is out and Stephen Carrington is out. Like it was in the news, so it was for sure people knew that those those characters oh, were well, not huh. here we have, anymore. We have things to say about Claudia coming up. But. Okay. We've, but in the meantime, we know that you love Claudia, yes. but she ain't in his episode, and neither is Lee Bajer either. There, there could have been some bitchy Butler moments, but they chose not to include him. But I know he's got some stuff yeah, coming. I'd love up. to know what was going on with the writing at this moment, because yeah, there's like some staple characters that are all kind of missing for various reasons. I get the feeling they were sort of pussyfooting around at the beginning of this season, and then Aaron Spelling came in and was like, "What are you guys doing?" put it all out there and then they wrote this episode where it was just like well i think orgasmic also at this point they've kind of found themselves in a place where things were really grooving and so we don't really need steven and joseph the bitchy majordomo and i did like that adam was using that no we we haven't really talked about that awkward dinner scene which was so juicy you want to know about me and my background and i want to know more about this family that is why we're all gathered here tonight isn't it for each of us to learn more about the other? We weren't spying on you in Billings, Adam. What were you doing then? Well, you said it yourself a minute ago. I was checking you out. Now, if you resent that, I do resent that. And why the hell did you come here tonight? 
to tell you how much I resent it. First of all, why were they so dressed up? Like, I get dressing for dinner, because but like... Because this is Dynasty, and, and they're giving all of America the way to be in 1982. A dinner for like a yes. Tuesday night? Yes, absolutely. If you can afford it, or if you can even aspire to afford it, you better show up in black tie for your Tuesday night family Well, it dinner. was wasted, because Adam Carrington just went there to... Literally just to have read dinner, the because he announced he was going to have dessert at home. <laughs> <laughs> not having it here or dessert elsewhere. i did like that he was so mad that he let them know that he would still be having dessert just at home and i'm just i'm so tired of crystal with her freaking haystack hairdo just giving uh you know blake the look after somebody walks out of the dining room and it's not just adam it's steven it's fallon it's whoever And she just gives Blake the look like, "Mm, you did it again. But it's like, well, what exactly did Blake do? I mean, yeah, it's always a little bit Blake's fault, but it's also... she's not going to be stepping on that. She got that gorgeous turquoise (sighs) necklace from Jensen's at the beginning. She does get a pass because like that emerald necklace with the matching earrings and a a decidedly geometric slash medieval uh, motif that I loved. So, okay, fine. You get a pass, Crystal, this time. Well, and Crystal's been sort of sidelined here as it's been the the foul She's always just like a piece of English toffee at the end of dinner, though. It's like, it's what what participation has she had in this moment? Well, now it's going to be totally changing because Alexis went and drummed up her ex-husband, who apparently is not her ex-husband. Which this is the breadcrumbs that have been sprinkled the most, I think. Like I didn't even realize that that private detective was still being. Was still on retainer from Alexis Carrington until she called him up and she jetted off to New York to call up Mark Jennings. They they do a good job of like Bob Rossing it, where you know it's like just put some some colors down on the palette, and when when they start to dry out, that's when you get them out and put them on the canvas. (laughs) And yeah, so that's that's the private eye, I guess. But I do believe this may be the last appearance of the private eye. Well, she's got Mark Jennings now. She has the direct line. She got what she needed. Oh, she's. Thinking. She's always thinking. Yeah, be, because this is what Alexis does. She's always plotting. Well, and you would think now that she's got the Colby Co. riches and that whole strategy worked out that she might move on, that she may not give a fuck about Blake or Crystal anymore. But no, 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 no. She's still no, got what, Crystal one in her of the, One of the many ways that Alexis is fallible is she cannot get over stuff. Mm, so yeah. this, is, this is one of those. I never thought and, about that. And that's part of why she's always plotting because like once she gets a, you know, tomato seed in her craw, what's, what's the expression? I don't know. I just made one up, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's like she's, she's just going to keep grinding on this until she gets satisfaction, I think, well. or, or she gets shown up. Which, you know, that seems to happen as much as the other. But anyway. Well, thank you for reading from the Farmer's Almanac for this episode of Dynasty as they want to be. Do we want to talk at all about the the state that La Mirada is in? How is this well, business still in open? They, they still love, have guests staying there. I love La Mirada. You know, there's this confrontation between Jeff and Fallon. And, you know, she has to, like, walk him off to her little, or, you know, Erzat's office. I guess it's going to be a real office later i believe that was the writing room but that's giving away yeah right Uh, but anyway and you know she has to explain to him that this is like her moment to shine she needs to take over this business and And she's still caring for her son right but he's like you're running away this place is for you to run away Mm -hmm. and this is like your first real understanding that 
La Mirada is a place for, at least for Fallon, first of all, to escape her marriage. Yeah. Um, and and she, gonna, re- she admits that readily. Yeah. Like she has no qualms about that. Uh, and to the point that she's loving it so much, she's feathering her nest there, you know, hence the remodels. However, as the show goes on, like many more characters will come to roost at La Mirada. And it's always this place for people to just go sort of languish in a cul-de-sac. Um, and it's it's just why, all why I think this is like some weird little purgatory. In well, I think the travel advisor reviews are really going to suffer that they kept it open during a remodel. I do not like it when hotels stay open during remodels because, you know, your star rating is just well, going to dip. Fallon I mean, should have be known honest. better. By remodels, we mean just shower curtains taped <laughs> to the portico. <laughs> Uh, some guy carrying a not rusty pipe through the lobby and lots of banging. Yes. Lots and lots, lots of banging. And lots of banging between brothers and sisters, even or not. Not quite. Not quite. If La Mirada is purgatory or some some sort of weird limbo where characters get sidelined for a while, as we can see with Fallon, Alexis's penthouse is heaven. It's on the twenty eighth floor of somewhere, and it's all mauve and pastels and champagne and lucite bar stools and so i it's it's interesting all these new sets that have been introduced and and they really augment the reality um of the carrington mansion which has gotten to be kind of mm, sort of stale and tired at this point yeah so adam carrington doesn't even glad want to see the universe have dinner there. there there is one sort of final unsettled you know item in this episode which is why is fallon so defensive about adam being attracted to her he's her brother another couple of hours last night i could have ended up in bed with my sister in some parts of the world they kill people for that look let's get one thing straight we were both caught in a situation we didn't know anything about neither one of us knew who the other was I'm not so sure about that. Obviously, that's the initial reaction, but he's her brother, but then she was also a, like attracted to him. So that's a problem, right? Well, I think she was also questioning the fact that did he know, which I was, remember, the past few episodes, did he know? Was he doing this out of some sort of strategic maneuver but there's also some denial to work through there because she's later having that conversation with blake or slash her father that adam's not really my brother he can't be my brother which all goes back to again is she just denying that because she was attracted to him and the last thing she wants is to be attracted to her own well, brother. Well, frankly, or- I'm not totally sold that Adam didn't know that that was his sister and that this wasn't all part of some sort yeah, of Yeah, I've been wondering that too. Cuz he's because clearly he, a psychotic. So Well, and he who knows and what he really as knows. Fallon pointed out, he knew about Blake. He eventually figured out about Alexis. Somehow he knew who Steven was. So how the fuck did he not know who Fallon was? Yeah, and it don't make no sense. She did make that remark that Stephen doesn't, you know, pull numbers on people or whatever. But maybe to some extent, she would prefer Stephen to be her brother versus somebody like Adam. Well, so I mean, Stephen's well. been her brother her whole life, and Adam is just this new guy who's swept I in. I feel like there's something there that we're missing that's obvious, but whatever it is, it's not that obvious apparently. <laughs> And now it's time for the part of the episode where Kyler and I choose our licks of the week. Kyler, I want you to go first this week because mine's a little 
unique. Well, I, I think in keeping with the idea that the budgets have expanded and therefore so have the sets and just the general world view of Dynasty, uh, so have the the clothes. The wardrobe mm-hmm. is out of control. In this, I mean, it kind of has already been, but I think at this point we can no longer refuse to acknowledge. And like, it's like going across the board. I think yeah, you're, it's, it's trickling much down everybody. from Joan to everybody I mean, even, even the boring clothes are not boring clothes. So it's like we have to talk about a lot of things. That's it. Can we just start first with accessories? And I only say this because I get that there's the baby rattle that's that's engraved from Jensen's in, I don't know, circa 1952 or I, you know, I well, do the math. producing but, it after 1953. But what is this thing that that Alexis gives to Adam, you know, when she's having her housewarming party? Oh, I was going to ask you that, like a pillbox or it, something. I don't know. Was it? Yeah. Was, Cufflinks? Was, it, was that like birth control? Was, was it a cigarette box I, I i don't know what that was that she gave him i think it must just be some like little case you know like a little n- thing that you put on your nightstand what's for... in the box that's what i want to know lipstick and a condom all right lipstick and a condom anyway whatever not to get lost in accessories so your talk, look but... of the week is adam carrington's engraved box from jensen's no i mean i let's be honest my my look of the week is alexis's trio of funerary attire throughout the show and they really are selling the fact that she's in mourning and she's really selling it Uh, you know this is like the whole queen victoria thing it's like albert's dead all right (laughs) i'm gonna wear black forever I mean, and we all know Alexis is just, just putting on a show. Uh-huh. She doesn't give a shit that Se- I mean, she, I don't know, maybe she had some feelings about Cecil, but it, Well, the writers did not write anything to the to that. I, I have to wonder if like cuz like remember the 80s like we're sort of getting rid of all of the old 70s like earth tone colors and blah boringness. So, I don't know, was this a little bit part of a way to introduce black as like chic dressing? I mean, beyond like just you know tuxedos at the opera or something so i don't know but she's got this whole trio of outfits and i don't really know that one's better than the other but it's all just a lot of um you know like in the penthouse she's got the square neck thing going with the shawl versus the tube top um, which is a really interesting way to do a square neck because it's not a whole just dress it's like layers doing it but then it's like paired with the uh the sort of almost like breastplate but it's really just a piece of metal sort of like beaten into gold around her neck. You know, I thought it looked it's, like a snake. It's hot. No, it's totally hot. And it, 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 it's so hard and sharpened. But then like she's got this like really soft, like blown out hairdo. Yeah, her hair and, looked amazing. You know, then scene. you've got the makeup, which is like purpley mauve and, and you know, the Oh the my God, is- her makeup. It wasn't my look of the week, but her makeup when she went to go see Fallon at La Mirada yes. was... Which was just sort of a, a rehash of the makeup here. Yeah, it, the color palette was the same. The drag queens should and I don't study get into that even color makeup. palette. None of that makes like oh, anything to yeah, me. Yeah, but, I, we ain't beauty gurus, but, but my... Here's God, thing. that makeup in that scene. One was thing flawless. I will say was the uh, the lilac eyeshadow uh, seemed to have been color coordinated to the lilac slash mauve 
throw pillows and fireplace surround in her penthouse and the, you know, the treatment on the elevator doors, which, I mean, which all sounds ridiculous, but like everything is like mauve and purple and lilac and her eyeshadow is doing that. So like, there's like clearly like this moment happening, like in the early to mid 1980s that Alexis's character is dialing into. Yeah. I do think that this episode part of the reason i thought it was so great is that it felt like the production values were defining the aesthetics that we know you know 20 30 years later as the 80s like i really felt like you know a lot of the times in this show there's like that 70s hangover that we've been talking about not in this episode this episode is purely forward that's that's even brought forth in the la mirada remodel uh it's Mm. It's this sort of like leftover 1970s Mexican restaurant looking place. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But they're getting rid of all the earth tones and the funky stucco and orange shag carpet. Fallon did say she wanted some terracotta pots, though. Well, but that was for outdoors, you know, so that's totally allowed. Even I'm reserving judgment. I'm reserving judgment. But yeah, no, I mean, even Fallon's like getting rid of all of those old relics of of the decade that has come to pass in the 70s. So I don't know. Some of that's going on here. But then the black dressing is just like totally sharp and my my personal favorite look 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 of the week is the very end and i think it's it's great that it's only and here's the thing like i think even like joan said in in one or 12 interviews that she and nolan had some sort of agreement which i'm sure was really just kind of like the budget people decided that these outfits would be worn once and like you wouldn't really see them again and you get this like great outfit that at the end of this episode where i don't know she it's like almost like this like 80s version of a roaring 20s flapper like attire it's silver and black so it still fits into the black you know funeral thing but it's uh with the swept back hair and a bun and the headband and it's just like this one little like 30 second moment sorry too many veils too many veils i know she's in well, mourning I, I think this episode just sort of describes how alexis is the look of the week because everything she's wearing not is for me dialed in into one sort of single main idea i think yeah i mean i get it but i wasn't feeling it i just thought it was too same saney so many veils so much black i did love that necklace i fucking love that necklace but, I mean, but i'm sorry a necklace doesn't make one an look outfit. you've got like 40s film noir femme fatale realness and then you've got flapper alexis you know welcoming this isn't rupaul's drag race i need you to wear three different variations on the same category no that's i want to see other nobody things. asked for this here and yet you're getting it it's a it's an extravaganza no thank you I'm going to go a little left of center. I don't think he's ever usually up for this honor, but I really loved Jeff Colby wearing his baby blue turtleneck. Also still in mourning because he had his um, black armband having a cocktail when Fallon comes into the Carrington library because she's shooketh because she realizes she's been making out with her brother for a couple of weeks. And it's very fleeting, but I just love it when they give the men something different than these boring wool suits they always wear. And they give them a pop of color, you know? It was like, you know, we got Gordon Thompson wearing a a polo with his collar popped. It's like, yeah, the guys need some love too here. You know, they can look good. They can wear fashions. Well, I think we we may have mentioned this the last time we 
we called out Jeff's somewhat dapper attire. Yeah, I think you chose his bobble green. You know, he kind of does a lot of the same thing, which that's just that's how men's clothes work. And uh, so it's kind of hard to get excited because it's a little bit the same every time you see it. Yeah, but that's why when I I saw it, I was like, yeah, I agree. Here's like a good moment to kind of like, you know, pluck that out of the ether and... So the other outfit that I just think we do have to talk about for just a brief spell is Fallon's sort of like, I don't know, it's it's a, like a white Victoriana. It's like Stevie Nicks going yachting kind of look. Are you um, kidding me? That was like some Mary Poppins ooh, going well, on a date. Here's an thing. easy, it's an easy look to hate, but it's a look we must recognize was very big at the time. And it was just like this weird, you know, peaked shoulders. This is how that whole Victoriana thing. Yeah. Sunday sort of, in the park with boring. Yeah, totally. That's totally what it is. Um, It's like from a, an Esprit catalog. Same idea though. It's all, it's all very like preppy and picnic in England kind of look. But but yeah, it's it's like a lot of bad flowy lace and it's got the like the wide peaked shoulders, which again, like this something about the 80s, we decided that we needed powerful shoulders, even in in soft clothes, you know, so uh, it's interesting. And it's also it's paired, as you pointed out, with Adam's uh, popped collar. So there's like these like moments that are soft, but also sharp at the same time. I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. No, it's not something to feel not not to feel at all. Practically imperfect and every way that's it for this installment of dynasty as they want to be kyler thank you so much for joining me not only for this podcast but also just for you know quarantining during the apocalypse you get the dining room and i get the den (laughs) you do know we're gonna have to start rationing the booze soon well why do you think about like 17 gallons of gin last weekend good okay we'll be able to make it i also want to thank dj jugo for creating our amazing theme song and the artist Lindsay mound for designing our gorgeous graphics also want to remind you that we're on patreon it's patreon.com slash nasty podcast if you have a few coins to spare you can financially support us and get access to ad-free episodes and bonus episodes and all kinds of fun content be sure to follow us on social media we're at nasty podcast on all the places instagram twitter whatever anyway i know we've been joking about things but this is a serious time and i want everybody listening to know that kyler and i are thinking about you And we hope that this, you know, 30, 40 minutes of insanity brings some levity to your lives because we all need it right now while we're cooped up in our houses, just trying to flatten the curve and get on with our lives. So keep doing what you're doing. And if all else fails, just watch Dynasty. And this week, we'll leave you with some words of wisdom from Oscar Wilde. And we're going to quote it correctly, unlike some people we know, Adam Carrington. As for believing things, I can believe anything, provided that it is quite incredible. Was he gay? Stay safe out there.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.